typically about this time of year, I, I just take a reflection of who I am, where the church is, who you are, what we're supposed to do. And, and so on vacation, I was reflecting, I was preparing for the, I was going to preach out of Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 5 or 1 through 6, talking about uh, Christianity without, without hypocrisy. I'll do that next week, okay? But I wanted to take a little bit of a break because I want to be reminded that you and I are chosen by God. Amen? As you're turning to Jeremiah 1, 5 through 10, I want to read these scriptures to you. Let me catch my breath and slow down. 1 Peter 2, 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are a chosen generation. Jeremiah 29, 11. Many of you know the scripture. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has a plan for your lives. Amen? Here we go. Jeremiah chapter 1, verses 5 through 10 says this. Actually, five, yeah, about five, yeah, 5 through 10. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That's awesome. Before you were born, I set you apart. I, appro- I, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said... I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Verse 8, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then, verse 9, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched touched my lips and said to me, Now I will put my words in your mouth. Verse 10, here's the last one. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Let's pray. Father, your word is living and active. In Jesus' name, I humble myself. I want to be the servant that prepares and prepares these people to be your chosen generation. I pray that you'd prepare our hearts and our minds and our spirits for the word today because the word of God is living and active. Would you, God, speak to us today? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God is good. Amen? Now think about this. God has chosen you. Let me give you a little background. Jeremiah was chosen by God. Now Jeremiah was probably one of the foremost prophets in the Old Testament. Jeremiah was responsible for saving Israel, the people of Israel. As you know, the children of Israel were taken captive into what's modern-day Iran and Iraq. Iran and Iraq, sorry. Let me get those correct. And so the Babylonian uh, Empire had overrun uh, Israel because Israel continued to rebel against God. So they were taken captive for over 70 years. And so, so Jeremiah helps his people. He basically saves, he's credited with saving his people uh, and, and Jerusalem from a complete fall. And Jeremiah's ministry was carried on in a, in a very hard, political, socially, morally, and spiritually dark time. Not unlike our times today, where, where, where we've lost our way, where, where people are calling uh, lies truth and truth lies. And so he was opposed, he was hated, he was ignored. Yet he lovingly prayed and agonized for his people to return to God. So now fast forward to our time, 2014. We are in a politically charged world, aren't we? Come on, we, we are in, we, there's all kinds of stuff going on. And as I already said, truth is called a lie and lie is called the truth. And anytime someone stands up for the truth, they're called haters, aren't they? They're called, they're called ignorant, they're called just closed-minded. And you see, Jeremiah was called all these things when he stood up for God. And you see, God is calling you and I to stand up for Him again. 
He's calling you. He's chosen you. Not just to live life. Not to make money. Which that's all part of life. Not to retire. Not to go on vacation. That's all great. But God has chosen you. He formed you. Amen? So this morning I want you to prepare because think about this. The God of the universe who created everything chose you. Wow! Well, that's great, Pastor. Can you go to the point so I'm in a hurry? You're going to miss out what God is trying to do. God has chosen you. A perfect God has chosen an imperfect vessel like me. And not only me, but you. Think about it. I mean, during, during that free time when I was, had windshield time and saddle time and time with my family, I thought about all my bad things too. I'm like, God, are you sure? It's like, man, I've chosen you. I think, God, thank you. You've chosen me. I'm such a loser sometimes. I can have these bad thoughts. I can do bad things. I can think and say bad things. But God says, I've chosen you. And you see, God has chosen you. With all your so-called imperfections and all that stuff, God has chosen you. Isn't this exciting? I'm not even in the sermon yet. I'm so excited. See, you are created for a higher purpose than this world tells you to. I mean, the world tells you to get blings, right? Blingage, bucks, babes, or do, you know, whatever. The world tells you this is all of it. This is it. Get power. Be all this. Be like everyone else in the world and life will be great. And if you look at those people's lives, their lives are not great. And God says, no, I created you for a greater purpose. It's to touch lives. Amen? So here it is. You were created for a greater purpose than this sinful world offers. It's a divine purpose. It fits, it fits individually for you, but it also fits corporately. Your vision is never just about you. Your vision is about a greater thing. Amen? So this morning, here we go. The first thing is Jeremiah 1-5. It says, Therefore, before I formed you in my womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet. So the first thing you want to write down is, I formed you. God formed you. Isn't that awesome? Write that down. I formed you. And then say, God Come on, say, God, form me. You see, the original language, the Hebrew talks about a potter taking a piece of clay and squeezing it and forming. How many remember that? Some of you remember that in school? Remember that? You, ever, you made that little potter thing and you put on the... Remember that? Some of you put on the wheel. Remember that? You're like, no. So there's stuff called clay. And there's this thing called the potter's wheel. And it's pretty cool. Now they're electronic, but you could, the, the potter used to have to pump their foot and make the wheel spin. And if you remember, you take that little piece of clay and you throw it on there. If you throw it on too fast, it would fly off. Remember that? Some of you, I used to I like, try to pump. Anyway, so, so they, would take, they would take the clay and you'd form it. And see, God is taking this clay. He's taking you and he's forming you. He's squeezing you. He's, he's working out imperfections. He's doing all this stuff. He's making you into a vessel that can change the world. And see, at the same time, there are two other opposing forces. There's the devil trying to take you off of that potter's clay and form you into a vessel of destruction or lies. And then there's yourself saying, no, I don't want to be what God means. I want to be this. And so you begin to take your clay and you're just not as good as God. I mean, God is the master potter. And so God is saying, he's saying, I've taken you, I've taken this clay and I'm forming you. You see, your upbringing, your temperament, your education, your experiences, your family, all these are things that God is molding into your life so that you can be a vessel of honor for Him. You wonder sometimes, why did I go through that lifestyle? Why did I go through this education? Why did my family face those things? Sometimes it was evil, just the devil. But some of that, God says, I can turn all that for good. 
I can turn bad things for good. He doesn't purposely do that, bad, evil, but he can take bad things. And so think about where you're at today. Some of you are like, Pastor, I'm just starting out life. Or, man, Pastor, I'm way beyond you. You thought you're old at 49. I'm old at, you fill in the blank. God is not done with you yet. God is still forming you. Isn't this awesome? So God is taking you. He's forming you. And I love it. I'm not going to read it, but Psalm 139, write this down. I love the scripture. And you know it. Psalm 139, God talks about, he says, he says that he knew us. He created us in our mother's womb. Isn't that awesome? And David says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. You're not junk. Come on, amen? You're not junk. Don't let the world tell you that. Don't let the devil lie to you. Well, I'm worthless. See, that's the lie of the devil. And you need to rebuke that when that thought comes to your mind. Amen? You're being formed. Let's go to the next one. You're being formed by God. Isn't this good? Amen. Number two is I set you apart. I set you apart. This, this means God says, not only am I forming you like a piece of clay into a beautiful piece of uh, a, a vessel that will be useful, but He says, I'm, I'm making you holy. I'm calling you out. I'm, I'm, I'm consecrating. I'm dedicating you. I'm making you clean. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus washes us of our sin. The Bible says that when, when you accept Jesus as your Savior, you're a child of God and you're no longer of this world. Isn't that awesome? He's saying the world should not have control of your life anymore. You're, you've been set free. God takes sinners like you and I and He makes us clean through Christ Jesus. Romans 5, 8-11. I have to read this to you. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by His blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through Him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to Him through death of His Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through His life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through Him through whom we have now received reconciliation. You have been now reconciled with God. You ever been on the outs with a family member? A country, a nation? Now God is saying, now you're my people. You're back with me again. All is restored. There's no hard times now. And God is saying, now you're my child. Isn't this awesome? And He says, not only am I setting you free from the world, I'm now setting you apart for a great purpose. You have a purpose now, a higher purpose. Your job is not just to, to live and go through life and pay taxes and raise kids and then retire one day and then die and then all your kids get all your junk and then forget about you. Isn't that a, that's a, just like a bleak thought. And God says, no, you have a higher purpose. That's part of it, but that's not the purpose. Your purpose is bigger than your job. Come on, amen? Your purpose is bigger than all the vacations you have planned out, which they're awesome. But that's not all of life. You see, God's purpose is greater. We are set apart for a nobler purpose. The third thing, I appointed you. Say, I am appointed. For this, we get in the United States of America, there's a great military. Whether you like military or not, I grew up in a military home. My dad was in the United States Army for 21 years. I always thought I was going to be a military officer. I thought I was going to be a jet pilot. thought I was going to go to the Air Force Academy. thought I was going to be an astronaut. Then I thought I was going to be a microbiologist doctor. thought I was going to do all that stuff. God had other plans. God had a greater plan for my life. And those things are great. And I remember my mom telling me all the time, growing up, Stan, God has a plan for life. I'm like, no, Mom, I'm I, science. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a scientist. I'm going to help in the military. I'm going to do all that stuff. And she said, that's fine you think that, but God has a great plan for your life. Moms, you know, when they hear from God, you just can't get away from that. 
But see, as I was growing and trying to do well in school, I had to have good grades, and my, my desire was to get an appointment into the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. To get an appointment in the Air Force Academy, you have to have good grades, you have to be a leader, you have to be an athlete, you have to be an all-around good person, and then you have to get an appointment by a senator or a house representative. So it's a very hard thing. It's very competitive. And so then once you get in this, you get this appointment, then you, you have to go through school. You go through five years of school in four years. The military academies, they, I mean, they just, they, it's hard work. It's hard. And then after that, you have to give the military at least four to eight years of your life. And, but, you, but you come out as a junior officer and you can work your way. And so that was my dream. That was my desire. And this was an honor. It still is an honor. Now, what this means is, we say, Pastor, who cares about all that? Well, here's what it means. In the Hebrew, when it says, I appointed you, it's kind of the same thing. He's saying, I pulled you out of the common group. I have appointed you. In fact, it's very similar. I've called you into this, into this service for me, which is greater. I'm commissioning you in your job, whatever your career. It is higher than that. And God is saying, I've appointed you. It's the same concept. It's a divine charge, an appointment from God to do great things. Isn't that awesome? You're appointed by God to be like an officer for the Lord to do great things in your home, your school, your neighborhood, your workplace. You see, we get so caught up into, I just go to work, I go to 8 to 5 or 7 to 3 or I work 3 days on or 4 days off and I'm just hoping to survive. And God says, that's not purpose. You're better than that. You have a higher call than that. Isn't this awesome? And so God is saying, I've set you apart. I've appointed you now. And we're given this divine appointment. We're, we're given this to go. And God says, you see, a lot of times we think in America, well, I chose Christianity. I chose it. L- let me help you out a little bit. John 15, 16 says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask my name. God, he lets you come to your senses, but he's always been reaching out to you. Always been calling you. He wants to, as, as, as was said uh, uh, through Elizabeth, that he wants to write your name on the palm of his hand. That you're his child forever. He's always been calling you. And so, so, so a lot of times in America we say, well, I chose Jesus. He's just another thing in my life. I added Jesus to my life, therefore it makes my life better. And Jesus said, no, I've actually re- delivered you from yourself. I've delivered you from the world. I have a greater purpose for your life now. And you see in America, say, no, Jesus, you only come to my life when I need you. Jesus says, no, I've called you to a higher thing. Do you see this? This is exciting. You should be like jumping and shouting and screaming, hallelujah, right? Gloria a Dios. You should be going, you should be like, whatever. Wow, this is awesome. So you have a greater call. Listen to this. I know some of you don't like this, but your call is greater than your job or career. Your job and your career is part of your call, but it's not the call alone. You hear me say this often because we, we sometimes, someone will ask you, well, who are you? Well, I'm a doctor, I'm a lawyer, I'm a mechanic, I'm, I'm this or that. And your call is higher than your ethnicity. I love being in America. I love, I love that my mom was Korean. I love that my dad was uh, an American who has uh, German, Irish, and Swedish. I love that. That's my last name, Nelson. I love all that. I love my heritage. But I'm a child of God above all that. God's purpose is higher than my ethnicity and my heritage. I love all that. I mean, I love Korean food. I love all food, by the way. But that doesn't make me who I am. God makes me who I am. Amen? God has appointed you. And you see, apart from Jesus, you and I cannot accomplish our purpose. And by the way, parents, I wrote this extra. It's sometimes we, we, we go through this concept, and I was thinking about this because I, I, I love my kids. I hope you love your kids. 
and, and your grandkids and, and all that. But I think about there are people that I've met in my lifetime that they couldn't wait for their kids to get out of the house because their kids were just a pain. And they couldn't wait to get the kids out of the house so they could live life to the full. I thought that is such a selfish and foolish thought. You're to have kids to raise them up to know Jesus. And yes, it, it is. There are times when, you know what, it'll be nice when the kids get out. I mean, I remember the days when we stopped changing diapers. And it was a celebration when the kids could get up and get their own breakfast. Amen? I still don't get a lot of sleep. <laughs> When school season ended. But, but it's awesome now because now the kids sleep in sometimes. But I don't view them as a pain. I view them as this is a blessing. Amen. And you see, if you go through life saying, I'm just going to get through this and if I get my kids out of the house, then life's going to be better. You have missed out because the higher purpose is raising your kids to know Jesus. You're there to form your kids in the way of God. It's a higher call. Amen? God has a higher call. Your appointment is greater than any, any, any call that any politician can have on you, any president, any king, any country, any, any corporation. Number four. Here's how Jeremiah responded. We respond, I don't know how to speak. Jeremiah verses, uh, chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. All sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. This is cool, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Whenever the Lord says He will do something, you got to believe it. I am with you. I will rescue you, declares the Lord. You see, this, this, is, this is something where you and I, we respond, well, I didn't go to Bible college. I didn't go to get training. I, 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 I can't speak very well. I, I, I'm, just a, I'm a cook. I'm just a teacher. I'm a computer guy. I'm a, I, I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And God says, don't worry about that. I will give you the words. Isn't this awesome? But you see, well, that's great, Pastor. I'm too busy to be a pastor. Mission. I don't want to live in poverty. Uh, I have a house payment. I have a car payment. I have kids. I have a job. I have a meaningful life. I don't want any of that junk. If you remember... You're a minister in all that junk that you're in. You're a minister where you live. You're a minister where you go to school, where you work at. You know what, Pastor? I don't preach or teach. That's your call. I'm not spiritually mature. You see, that's what Jeremiah was saying to God. I mean, he was a full-grown man. I'm just a child, God. And see, some of you, you've been a Christian for too long and you keep saying, well, I'm not ready. You've been going to this church longer than I have. I'm not ready. You've been saved for 20 years. You've been saved for five years. You've been saved for one year. I'm not ready. When will you ever be ready? God will tell you what to say. He will speak through you. He will be with you everywhere you go. Isn't this awesome? You see, too many of us have discounted ourselves and say, well, I'm nobody. And that's exactly what the devil wants. I'm nobody. I can't speak the Word of God. And And the devil's laughing. That's right. You're nobody. And you'll never be anybody. And he wins when you think that. Amen? You are somebody through God. I mean, all that stuff, you are called by God. You're set apart. You're appointed. You you have all that. And God is saying, don't discount yourself. Don't sell yourself short of God's appointment. It's a great appointment. So instead, we live this life of disappointment, of of disillusions, of frustrations, or we chase after the world's false dreams and we, we, we empty our lives. You see, your call is greater than possessions. Your call is greater than possession. Position. Your greater is calling than feelings or, 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 or a, an assessment in life. I've arrived. That's fine, but that's greater. God's call is greater than all that. Amen? 
You see, God never makes a mistake when he calls you. You might be a doctor. You might be a lawyer. You might be a medical student. You might be a computer guy. You might be an electrical engineer. You might be a music teacher. You might be a mom or dad that stays at home. You might be whatever. You might discount all that. God can use you in all that to change lives. If you just say, I have a higher call in my life. Amen? You can change lives. In fact, then he says, I will not only call you, but I will empower you. Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. God will give you miraculous power to be a witness. You don't have to come up with that power. God gives it to you. Isn't that awesome? And then God promised that Jeremiah that his presence would be with him wherever he went. And Jesus said the same thing to us in Matthew 20, 18-20. Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of what? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And, check this out, surely I am with you always. When? To the end of the age. What does that mean? Always. Always. Isn't this exciting? So stop making excuses. Well, I can't speak. You know, I'm not very smart. God can speak through you. He gives you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He gives you power. He gives you the Word of God. The fifth thing, number five is... You must go to everyone I send you to. You must go to everyone I send you to. Verse 7. But the Lord said to me, in Jeremiah 1.7, The Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a child, but you must go to everyone I send you to and say what, whatever I command you. You see, God's not asking for your excuse. He's just asking for your availability. He will speak to you. He will send you to, to your family, your friends, your co-workers, your neighbors. Your call is greater. You must go to everyone I send you. You see, God sent Jeremiah to a hard-hearted people. They were religious. They, they, they had all kinds of other things that they were adding in. And, and they, were, they were adding in all this stuff and they were beginning to, to cause a hard time to those who really believed and who really expected God. And so they, were, they had forsaken their God. They worshipped false idols. They were blinded by their lack of spiritual knowledge. But because God loved them, God said, Jeremiah, you're going to those people. I'm reminded of another people like that today. It's the people that live in this country. We are so full of ourselves. We think we know everything. We think we're smarter than God. Come on, right? We know more than God. We, we know that God's Word isn't what it said back then today. We, we change it. We, we make it so that we can, we can justify our sins today. And you see, any time a church or a believer stands up, then, then people don't like that. And God says, I don't care. You go to them because I have love for them. And I will speak through you to speak to them. Well, I don't have the arguments. You don't need to argue. You need God to let the Spirit speak through you. And the Holy Spirit, every time, will burn through their arguments. And He'll speak life into them. Amen? So God is calling you to a hard people. People in this nation. Maybe you're just here visiting from another country. Maybe that's your country. You see, the original language was this. Let me take a drink. What what God was saying to Jeremiah was the original language, the Hebrew was saying, is you're being sent out of the temple like a a messenger. You're calling people back to the temple, but you've got to leave the temple. You see, in the church in America, we just say, if we do these great things, people will come. You know that field of dreams, if we build it, they will come. That's the wrong concept. You come to worship, you come and we do events and we try to have these nice things, but that's not what God is saying. He's saying, that's great, but you're a messenger. Messengers, the only way the message can go out is when the messenger, what? 
goes out to the masses. And you see, God didn't call Jeremiah to sit in the temple and to worship and, 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 and do have all that nice stuff and have sermons. He said, go out to the masses. In America, we say they have to come to us. We're getting it wrong. God said to go into all the world and make disciples. We must go to the masses. Amen? That's good preaching, right? Come on, amen? You see, we think they're going to flock if we have Starbucks coffee, if Pastor Stan preached better, if we did all this stuff, if we just had lights, and if we had all this, if we had gold, they would come. No, God says you must go and then bring them back. Come on, amen? Yes, some will come because they're looking for God. It does happen, but we must go. You see all these empty pews? means we've got to get out. Come on, amen? Preach it for God right now. You've got to like this. This is good stuff. I'm not going to repeat it, but Matthew 20, 18-20, there it is. God calls you to worship and He calls you to be ministered to, but then He calls you to go out and be a messenger. Here is where your career, your residence, your kids' activities, their sports, their music, your social networks, this fits into the higher calling. When I go to the kids' soccer games, my kids' soccer games and field hockey and lacrosse and, and their concerts, sometimes I go just go as dad. I'm going as dad. I just go and I, I love, I mean, my favorite athletes are my girls. They're the best athletes in the world, in, in my estimation. I mean, besides God's favorite football team, the Denver Broncos, whatever team they're on, that's the best team. But you see, when I go to those events, I also say, God, I am on a mission to be a light. And I know it's hard sometimes, because you, know, you have, you know, parents are in and out, and, and man, this crazy thing, let's make a play date, what? When we move to this area, play date, what? You mean our kids just can't get together? No, we've got to set up a time, and let me pull out my little calendar, or then, then it was a Blackberry, let me get it, I'm like, you, how about tomorrow? No, I've I got too much going on, okay, fine. Anyway, let me get back to the message. So, when I go to these events, I go, Lord, I know I might be tired, I've got, I'm consumed with this, but Lord, I'm here to be a light. This is the mission field. When you go play your soccer, when you go play your tennis, when you go to your your math forum, when you go to your conferences, those are your mission fields. When you go to work every day, that is your mission field. Well, like Pastor Stan, don't you understand? We're we're this is Montgomery County, this is DC area. You know I could get fired from my job. Who gave you the job? God. What does he want you to do? Be a messenger. You don't have to get on the pew. You don't have to pull out your big 50-pound King James Bible and, and start getting up there and listen to me at work at lunch. You're all going to burn! I would fire you. Because that's not what God wants. Amen? But you're to say, you know what? I'm going to build a friendship. I'm going to be a light. And check this out. They're going to start coming to you. Hey, I, you're a Christian, right? Can you pray for me? Ding, 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 ding. Missionary opportunity. Ding, 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 right? Good news, gospel opportunity. Pray for them. Love them. I mean, I remember a time leaving high school sports. I told you this. We were, I was taking the quarterback home. He got injured. And he said, Stan, you're a Christian, right? I said, yeah, I am, Barry. Now he's a Christian today. Not because of me alone, but I, I tried to tell him about Jesus in the car, the 30-minute ride we had. But this happens. When I was in college, I'd be in college and I befriended the people. I always tried to befriend the people. And, and one girl said, man, you're a Christian, aren't you? Like, oh, no, don't say that. I love all people. I accept all people. Oh, no. I, I didn't say Jesus. Oh. No, I said, yeah, I am a Christian. And I believe in Jesus. Oh, I respect that. I, I don't know if she ever accepted Christ because I never saw her after that class. 
But I say, Lord, wherever I'm at, I'm a missionary. You see, you're a missionary wherever you're at. Amen? You must go. Amen? That's good preaching, right? Come on, this is bigger than your coffee. This is bigger than your car. This is bigger. This is people's lives. Amen? You see, God says to go. Luke 4, 23. Then the master said to the servant, you're the servant, you're not the servant. Go into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in. Because my house needs to be filled. Number six, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Say, I am not afraid. Romans 8.31 Then, what then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? If you understand this, God is above everybody and everything. And if God is for you, then no one can be against you. Amen? You see, Jeremiah would not be popular for preaching the gospel, the good news, just the good news of the Bible. He was against the flow. He was opposed. He was spit upon. He was persecuted. But God preserved him from the attacks of his enemies and gave him moral courage to fulfill his calling. And as you can tell, today we're in the same place. It is not popular to be a follower of Jesus. A real follower of Jesus. Of the Gospel Jesus. Of the Bible Jesus. You see, there's politically correct Jesus. I accept all people. I never turn anyone. And that's not even in the Bibles. Jesus turned people away. People turned away from Jesus because his message confronted their sin. I mean, when Jesus says to a person, go and sin no more, what does that mean? Go and sin no more. You see, so Jesus had these words and he, and he says, my life will offend people. But you're not to fear them. You see, it's better for us to stand with God and in the truth than be accepted by politically correct Christianity that waters down and makes Jesus this mamby-pamby, hippie Jesus, which I talk about. Jesus is not a hippie. Jesus was not a communist. He wasn't a socialist. Jesus was the Son of God. He was the Savior. He made community, not communism. If you want to get into theology and sociology and all that stuff, God came to save us from ourselves. He didn't come to just be a nice guy. He confronted their sin. He said, go and sin no more. He confronted people. But he said, I will set you free. And you see, when you stand up for righteousness, people are going to hate it. But God says, do not be afraid. We must not fear what the world can do to us. You must fear more what God can do to you. And I fear God more than being called a hater. Because one day I'm going to stand before God. I'm not going to stand before the Republicans or the Democrats. I'm not going to stand before the popular culture. I'm going to stand before God one day. He's going to ask me, did you fulfill my call in your life? Well, God, I wanted to love people, so I didn't talk about Jesus. I didn't want to offend anybody. I didn't ask about that. I said, did you tell them? Well, you know, I didn't want to get fired. I didn't want to be hated. And he said, hey, I told you in the Scriptures, people would hate you because of me. Do you see where I'm at? We cannot let culture tell us who Christianity is. The Bible tells us who Christianity is. Amen? Don't be afraid, because here it is, Luke 10. 19 through 20, I have given you authority to trample on the snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Say, nothing will harm me. God has called you to a greater calling. You do not need to be afraid. God is true to his word. And then write down Romans 8, 35 through 39. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says that what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing really but yourself. God loves us. Isn't that awesome? Number seven, because I've got to get down to the end. Number seven is now... I have put my words in your mouth. Then the Lord reached out with his hand and he touched my mouth. And he said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. You see, God told Jeremiah, I'm going to speak through you now. 
You don't need to have a PhD. You don't need to have an MDiv, a Master's Divinity. You just need to be open to me and I will speak through you. Jeremiah didn't have to come up with the things. He would just speak and it's the same for us today. John, you have to write this down and I'm going to read it to you. John 16, 13 through 15. I'm sorry if the words are too small, but write it down. John 16, 13 through 15. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak... On his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. See, there it is, and this is very important right here. All that belongs to me to the Father is mine. That is why I, have, I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. God will tell you what to say. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will speak to you. Isn't this awesome? You don't need to write a 10-page sermon. You just need to say, God, help me. I mean, yes, you should read the Bible. You should pray. You should worship. But God will speak through you if you're a vessel. Amen? Number eight. This is, this is one I want to spend just a few minutes. I know I'm, I'm running over. It's 2 o'clock. I'm sorry. Just kidding. Number eight. I appoint you over nations and kingdoms. I appoint you over nations and kingdoms. Let, let's read this. John 14. I think I have it. John 14. Do I have it? It's kind of hard to see, but let me just read slow enough. Verse 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. And I will do, listen, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. Verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Here's what he's saying. He said, Jeremiah, I have appointed you over nations. We see that in the last part of, of, of Jeremiah, where it says that you will, you will rise up, you will call nations down. He's saying, again, my call, Jeremiah, on you is bigger. I'm bigger than all the nations. I'm bigger than all the spiritual forces around the world. I am God. And God is saying to the church in John 12, 14 and, and Matthew and, and Acts, I am above all that and you're called above all that. You have a greater call. You see, Jeremiah would have a divine authority to upset kingdoms and kings as the Lord directed him. And what Jeremiah said to, to Jerusalem would come true in, in their time and in the future. And you see, when Jesus said, all authority is given to me, and he says, I'm sending you out my name, I'm giving you all authority to act in my name. Stop acting like you cannot do anything is what he's saying. So here it is. God says, I've given you authority. Now this is an area where people kind of they gloss over now. They fade out. They go, oh, great. Pastor's talking about spiritual warfare, weird stuff. La, 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 la. Mm, you're checking your text messages right now. You're, you're Facebooking right now. Some of you are Snapchatting right now. Stop. This is more important than that. You see, Jesus is giving you authority over elected officials, rulers, and spiritual kingdoms. This is what this means. Colossians, check this out. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ, listen to this, for in Christ all the fullness of the deity, or God, lives in bodily form. Verse 10. And you, say me. Come on, me. God is saying, and you have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Okay, so let me tell you this. If God is over everything, right? And he says, I've given Jesus this authority over everything. And then he says, now, you have the same authority over... So what does that make you? You're over those foolish Republicans. You're over those foolish Democrats. No offense if you're one of those. You're over these politicians who, some of them really want to do good, but they can't. 
You need to get over them and say, I'm overcoming. You know what, Supreme Court, you ruled wrong over that. I'm going to rule over you through God. I'm going to pray. You don't need to pray evil on them, but you need to pray, God, help them to do the godly things. Help the president of every country, every king, every dictator to fall on his or her knees and really be God's servant. When our government doesn't do the right things or they do the wrong things, you need to say, I take authority over that. And you begin to pray over that. Come on, amen. When, when, when the Hamas and Israelites are just sending bombs and missiles over, instead of you siding one of them, you need to say, I rebuke that violence in the name of Jesus. I take authority over that. Come on, amen. You see, because there's believers on both sides of that situation. And the devil's trying to get people to hate and kill each other with rockets or guns or bombs or, or whatever. When you see the, the unraveling of a country in Afghanistan and, and Iraq, you shouldn't be saying, we, we shouldn't have gone there! I know it! No, you need to get on your knees and say, Father, would you bring peace in those situations? And stop blaming Bush or whoever. Because you have something to do about it today. Come on, amen? If I offended you, then good. Because you need to grow up and get beyond the Republican and Democrat kindergarten stuff. Seriously, you are higher than that. You have a higher calling. You serve a God who's not a Democrat or Republican. He's not black, white, Latino, Asian, Indian, whatever race you are. And I missed you. Don't be offended. He is not that. He's God. And He created all people. He loves all people. He loves Democrats. He loves Republicans. He loves politicians. God loves all politicians. Do you believe that? God loves rich people, poor people, males, females. He loves all people. He loves everyone. And so here's what he's saying to you. He said, I've called you and I've given you authority. Now would you act in my stead? Instead of watching the world unravel, use my authority. Go out and, and set the masses free with the gospel of Jesus. Write this down. 2 Corinthians 10. I'm not going to read it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. You need to write that down. Some of you read it, I know. Stubborn. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. And then, and then Ephesians 3.10. And I want to read this one. His intent, God's intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. It's through who? Who is that? Does it say Republicans or Democrats or Africans or Indians? you see where it says church? Ecclesia? Iglesia for you Spanish? Or Kirke? It says church. It doesn't say through the United States or Russia or, or India. Or, or It doesn't say the Latinos. It says... Who? The church. By the way, the African church in Africa has doubled twice in the last 20 years. The church in Latin America has doubled twice. But in America, the church in America is fading away. Why? Because we don't believe this anymore. We think the politicians are going to solve it. We think the government, we think our boss, our mom, our dad, we think the pastor is going to solve it. No, it's the church. It's the church. God wants to work through you. Amen? Write down Ephesians 6.12 because again, you're not fighting against people. You're fighting against the devil. It's the devil that wants to destroy and we have an authority to stop him. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? See, you were created for greater things. God has higher plans for your life than you do. Maybe if the worship team would come up just for a few moments if you play some music. You see, you are chosen by God. Say, I am chosen by God. You are chosen people. God formed you. He set you apart. He appointed you. 
God nullifies your excuses. says, I, I will be with you. I will go with you. I will deliver you. I will put my words. He's sending us. Do not fear. He says, I put my words in your mouth. You don't have to come up with slick arguments. I will speak through you. And then he finally says, you can uproot and set up nations. I've given you spiritual power. Church, it's, it's time for the church in America to wake up. We are a chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation called by God. Amen? Come on, church. We are called by God. I don't know how many school shootings we need to do and watch and, and see. I don't know how many other nations we need to see destroyed. I don't know how many bad things we need to see in this nation before the church wakes up and starts doing something about it. Through the power of God. Father, would you help us to see beyond our little lives? And, and I'm not demeaning anyone. But Father, we get so consumed with our retirement. We get consumed with our job and our shoes and our hair and our clothes and our coffee and our sports teams and our activities. And those are all fun. But that's not life in itself, God. We get so caught up in, in the politicians. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who we agree with? All that stuff. And, and, and we should pray and vote. But God, really, you've given us authority. And help us to use that authority, God. Help us to look beyond this, this world and say this world is not our home. You have called us. You've set us apart. We have a greater purpose.